This is a podcast version of a radio show by K103 Gothenburg Student Radio. Find us at k103.se. Due to copyright, the music is shortened. Thank God this isn't live. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the moment you've waited for. Saturday night, nothing good on TV. I mean, who even watches TV anymore? Uh, your favorite radio is on air and in your ears. What a deluxe moment. <laughs> Anyways, um, whether this scenario that I just described applies or if you just randomly uh, happen to find your way here on Spotify, because that's where people listen to podcasts nowadays. We're not really living in the 80s anymore. Um, I am happy you're here and uh, you're here to listen to Tsan, your favorite podcast, the show about nothing. Um, I welcome you all very warmly to this episode. We recently started season five and we are continuing with season five today. I think it's the third episode. The third episode, yes. Um, and we're going to be talking about an interesting topic, but I will, you know, do it like the influencers on Instagram a little bit. Keep it secret and uh, I'll <laughs> drop it very soon. Um, but first, I'd like to uh, introduce my company that I have today in the studio. Uh, I have my friend and colleague, Belen. Hi. How are you it's doing? It's me, Belen. I'm doing. I am still trying to do some things like I did my dishes today. Like that's hmm? what I've done. Like I'm really feeling the gloominess of the time change. Tomorrow is officially the most oppressive day of the year because the time is changing and then everything is just a little bit darker. It is the season when when I go to work it's dark. When I leave work it's dark again. So it's like it's not I'm not feeling <laughs> on top of my game if I'm honest. Mm. I'm like all in with my all my vitamin D supplements and the iron supplements and the vitamin C supplements, like get three <laughs> liters of coffee the per day. Bench, the whole um, bunch of vitamins. Uh, and I still like I'm feeling quite dead inside to be fair. But I know it's, tran it's transitional. We're getting over this, you guys. Come yeah, on. It's, a, it's kind of one season coming to, you know, to its reality now. Uh, but you're still here and that's great. I think it's always good, you know, to put a priority on something, yeah. which is for us the radio project. So mm. I'm really glad you're joining me. And also um, last week you did a one man one standing. Woman. Sorry. Yeah, that's I have to write that in front of me. Sorry. Um, <laughs> you, you used the masculine energy and claimed your space. <laughs> <laughs> and did a one-woman show standing. Yeah, and I did it without really knowing what I was doing. So I was really channeling the man inside of me. Just yeah. like <laughs> taking up space without really deserving it, which is just like what men do all the time. So yeah, sometimes, mm. you know, sometimes. Anyways, that's uh, that's Belen with me. <laughs> she, she will be going on with me for another hour here. So uh, just say, stay tuned. Um, me, myself and I is Marie. You probably know, but if you didn't, now you know. Uh, I'll be pushing the knobs and buttons here, trying to be the tech lady, um, hoping we survive. But I think by now we have enough experience. Yeah. And then the third voice that is not going to be joining us today is Fatima. She's a bit sick and also busy with life hitting her the way life sometimes hits you. Uh, we sending out all all our love to you and um and hugs and hugs yeah uh, so i've kept you hanging long enough belen already said it's the time of uh, season seasonal depression coming up uh tomorrow uh, there's the time change so tonight from saturday to sunday we will be going to winter time uh, so don't forget to change your Ooh, clocks they change automatically <laughs> but you know like my my alarm clock actually still has to be manually changed <laughs> So analog. 
I'm a, I'm a 90s girl, man. <laughs> holding on to my retro things. But um, to, to, to make it a uh, bit more concrete is uh, we will be uh, talking about death today. Um, we decided to pick a topic that's often considered a little bit taboo in society because that's what we do in the show about nothing. No nothing. topic is taboo Exactly. Here. You say it. And mm -hmm. uh, sometimes death makes people feel a little bit awkward, maybe even scared. And um, before we make it more awkward in this intro, we will uh, <laughs> we'll be getting uh, into a song and then we catch up with you on the other end of it. Uh, I'll be playing... Glitter by Dina Ergon. All right. Good that you said it this way because I would have probably put it the other way. Enjoy. I know. <laughs> We hush right now on the show about nothing. <laughs> Hi, welcome back um, to our uh, yeah new episode about the topic of death in different cultures and generally what do we think about death? Mm. Sounds pretty good to me yeah. right about now. Um, definitions come first, right? That's how we mm -hmm. usually roll in that program. Um, randomly. <laughs> Not that we stick to the script very often, but, you know, we try. Guys. Randomly, uh, you know, collected definitions from the internet or um, our heads. But today I'm having for you just a definition. There's like multiple ways to define death at first. And uh, the first that I hit on Google search was obviously Wikipedia. And it said that death is the irreversible cessation of all biological functions that sustain an organism. First of all, that made a lot of sense because, I mean, death in the most practical way that we know is sort of when life ends and then, you know, functions ending in an organism kind of made a lot of sense. But then the deeper I kind of dove into that topic I started thinking about you know the other meanings and uh, I think generally one can say that you differentiate between the legal culture and clinical um, definition of death mm. and then I was thinking ah it makes a lot of sense but then you know the, the once you start further think further into like what's the legal definition of death and then probably it's when the doctor comes and declares you yeah but dead. like you can be brain dead But you're not considered to be dead mm -hmm. completely if, like, the rest of your bodily functions are still working. So that that's when you're asked. I mean, I think I've only seen this in, like, films, so we could be wrong. But mm -hmm. that's when, uh, when the person that you're in charge of uh, is brain dead. Then they ask you to unplug them and you kind of have to, like, decide. Mm -hmm. Which seems to me, like... The worst position I could ever be in, to be honest. I've, yeah. um, I've actually like that's my second definition. Brain death uh, is sometimes uh, also used as a definition of dead uh, death, and um, coma patients mostly, I guess, are the ones where you then do the switching of the machines, mm -hmm. and it's like you know, I feel like, I mean, obviously there's movies about it because it happens in real life, but then that's a scenario I know from movies when like the family is you know having a hard time letting go and so mm. on but there's also different types of brain death uh, but generally I looked up what's the definition of brain death and it's when 
um, there's an end of electrical activity in the brain, which then also indicates the end of consciousness. So your body might be still alive because, you know, like your heart is still either kept running by machines or maybe mm. it's even still beating by itself. But your consciousness, as in like the soul and the person and the brain and everything mm. that defines you, is just not existing anymore. Mm. Uh, and I actually... it. Um, I mean, I'm a natural scientist believer in a way, um, but it still sounded like very sort of yeah. scientific to just say like the end of electrical activity in your brain. Yeah, it it's is like, also wow. like, okay, the end of consciousness, which means that life starts when you have a conscience and proprioception and so on so that means that babies are not really alive until they're like two they're like toddlers and that's when they have a conscience or? I thought about that angle as well um, and one of the things I put under definition of death is also that there is death before birth so like mm. um Really there's many different then. ways of dying uh, and people usually say like oh you know death belongs to life because it's at the end of life but like you can die before you have been even born and uh, I think this depends a little bit on on the legal system that you live in um, but mm -hmm. I know being a German uh, that in like the German law being uh, a German I'm an expert on death no no no, no I'm saying that in the <laughs> German law there is like a moment when life is defined as mm. like worthy of living and that's after uh, the 12th week of pregnancy because yeah. then it's you know then it like then abortion it, is illegal yeah. and until then you're like an accumulation of cells but mm. after that you're sort of like it's called Leibesfrucht which is like the fruit of the body <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's you know <laughs> legal then we come in with illegal again yeah I'm yeah Yeah, that's like you know that's that's a show that's a show topic in on itself. Mm. Um, and we I talked mean, a little bit about. It took us 15 minutes, and I'm already feeling all the philosophical points in my mm -hmm. head. Like, oh yeah, you're alive after 12 weeks of uh, being in your mama's mm. belly, but then uh, if you are brown, of course your life is less important than if you're white. So you're a little bit less alive than a white person. Heavy. <laughs> <laughs> and then of course I was thinking about uh, Palestinians being killed left and right being erased from Mama Earth like yeah are they alive are they not alive I mm. bet if you ask some Israeli people they're not even conscious like they're like an inferior type of being so yeah no it's hitting me all very hard I guess it's even if it's the time it where matches the gloominess yeah, yeah it matches the gloominess and it matches also like that we are thinking about this because yeah. it's Halloween soon and so on and that is essentially the night where the dead come back to life we'll have a moment uh, a bit later I guess to also talk a bit about cultural um, customs around death and uh, traditions and so on I'm gonna just wrap up with the definitions generally one can say death is an inevitable um, process in that eventually occurs to all org organisms mm. earlier or later um, and uh, it's the moment when life ends And then for many people, that kind of creates the need to define what comes after as well. And that's mm -hmm. where a lot of like religious beliefs and cults and so on mm -hmm. uh, start. Um, it used to be also defined by the moment when the heart stops beating and when breathing ends. But being in a modern world, we have abilities to reanimate people. So it's also sort of like the power of 
humans having like the power to sort of resurrect people again after they have like biologically already died so it just it seems to be a very interesting topic and i'm excited to to get uh, talking about it a little bit also when you just move on to language and i know you're a sophisticated language girly um <laughs> there's a lot of well. expressions including death yeah. or like euphemisms of describing death um in a prettier yeah. way yeah and like in spanish like the first one that came to mind is like everything can be solved again except death mm-hmm. death is the only thing that you cannot solve like there's no going back mm. after death so yeah um, whoop whoop! <laughs> I I just now first one I wrote down was like he or she or they are dead to me, um, dead you know. To like me. It, it, it's also <laughs> marking this very you know like radical way of like the same is over only over my dead body. Like mm. there's an absolute no go. Like mm. death also marks this sort of like this very negative moment of disagreeing or mm. not. So but it's I interesting. think that links it very well to like different uh, cultures um, approaching death in different ways. I think in our culture, Christian culture, Western Christian culture, mm-hmm. um, death is something that is just it's the worst thing that can happen and it's like it's something that is not discussed and it's not talked about it's like it is a taboo mm. I think at least how I've grown up it does feel like that so that's why it's the worst thing that you can wish upon a person and mm. it's like the ultimate thing that you could give for a cause or for a per- or something you believe in is your life but uh, I guess that in another cultures like that wouldn't that wouldn't be a case like Mm. There, there. It's also like a um, a question that you can um, pose is like, what is really death the worst thing that can happen mm. to a person? And it leads me to thinking yeah. about euthanasia, yeah. like all those people that uh, advocate for their right to die. Um, yeah, in a in a I just watched way. a movie about this about mm. the like choosing to go to Switzerland and mm. it's probably other places in the world as well you where know, you can do this. No, it's legal in Spain. They recently oh, right. passed the law. All right, yeah. cool. Spain is on a progressive wave with laws yeah. recently. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, or just so you know, we're more progressive than y'all think. <laughs> um, yeah, like um, progressive passing on and so on. Like I also thought about these like, euphemistic expressions of death. Like in, in I f- kind of think it's because you want to avoid talking about death itself. So you say like <laughs> they passed away or they passed over, uh, or they have gone to heaven, uh, or they have gone to a better place which is often believed to be heaven but then yeah. also um is it really true that when you die if you chose to believe in like resurrection or mm-hmm. afterlife and so on is really everything better there like this is i think it's this Don't like think so. this peaceful imagination so we can be less afraid of death yeah um and we picture it as this like going into paradise but then just look at religion yeah. you have to how is it called like the last judgment or like yes the, the judgment day when you go and like you have You're to like, be basically like, like people look god at god is pulling and like, up the receipts <gasps> and being like yes but like on december 2015 you, you said this thing and like how can you defend yourself this is how i imagine the it's judgment like day and you're there like uh, I, don't, I don't know like <laughs> like it's it's 3004 like how am I supposed to remember what I did in 2015 when I was 21 
Yeah. yeah. It's I feel like th- this is like oh, th- it's such a control mechanism. Mm. But I mean this is also a topic in itself, but, but yeah. Oh, That's it's also difficult. so cultural. It's so cultural how mm. in our society because heaven is going to be so much better, you have to live a certain way. Uh, when you're alive and that is also like a very philosophical way of looking at the world like whether you um, do everything that you can whilst you're alive because you cannot postpone your death your death is going to happen when it happens mm. and you don't know that so like and that can either either paralyze you or prompt you to do everything that you want to do as quick as possible so oh. it's just like I, generally um, the awareness of human beings that there is Uh, death and that we are mortal um, has been like a big concern of all the bigger religions in the world mm. um, and then I already named a few of them but the Christians or like the bigger summary is the Abrahamic religions like Judaism Christianism and Islam they believe in uh, resurrection and like going to the heaven and so on and then Dhar- Dharmic religions like Hinduism Buddhism and Sikhism they believe in the reincarnation so you're reborn yeah, there's in like a thing a because people that believe in reincarnation that I have not heard maybe I should read more about it or like mm-hmm. before more people that have been brought up in these kinds of religions because I don't think there's a lot of people in my life that believe in these religions but mm. I don't really hear very often the the option of reincarnating in something worse than your actual life mm, true, like yeah. you're always thinking oh maybe I'll be a, a tree dog. <laughs> and like yeah but what if you're a dictator <laughs> or like what if you're a murderer or what if you're a abusive partner like there's also that possibility what mm-hmm. if you are a mosquito that transfers malaria to innocent people like there is that possibility I need to read more on the topic like mm-hmm. what does what do these uh, religions say about the possibility of reincarnating in the spawn of evil like because it could happen mm. um, I think It's a really, it's a. It, I find it a very, very good question, and I think that's a good moment to maybe send our listeners <laughs> into a little thinking break as well. Um, generally, where do you place yourself? Like, are you religious in any way? Does this affect how you look at death? Um, do you have some sort of uh, imaginary scenario that you believe is going to happen after you die? And um, yeah. You're listening to an episode about the topic of death with Belen and Marie. Hi. Hi. And we accidentally listened to a very celebratory song <laughs> when we were talking about yeah. death. Um, so that's that's funny yeah. to me. I think actually Irish people throw like quite nice types of uh, of um, what is it called? Like when someone dies, wakes. Mm-hmm. Like their wakes are normally like quite they're alcohol centric because island, but then like people sit around in a bar and like they have some whiskey and some Guinness. I assume some mm. people would prefer Guinness to whiskey. <laughs> like I'm like I was telling Marie like I'm so sad I'm not Irish. Like every time I listen to this so- this music I'm like. <laughs> 
it's not mine. I cannot claim it as my own. It makes me sad. But we can choose to play it on air. Uh, and since this is our radio show, we can also choose to greet whoever we want to greet. <laughs> and I, it has come to my conscience that my brother is listening from Hello, afar. Hello, Johannes. Hi. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in. I hope you're having a really wonderful evening. And uh, we're going to be blabbering on on the topic of death now. But enjoy <laughs> your dinner. And greetings to the rest of the family. Guten <laughs> uh, Appetit. Genau. <laughs> um, before we played some music and uh, send you off with the thought of um, what do you think about death? What do you think is going to happen afterwards? Uh, I'd like to continue with the blog about death as a taboo topic and the fear of dying mm. because we already touched upon that religion and some other things might uh, might have been influencing you also to be a bit worried about what happens and I wanted to ask you Belen why do you think people maybe now being in Sweden let's say mostly in the west are afraid of death and why do we avoid talking about it I think it's the fact that you just cannot know what happens because mm -hmm. I think that's always what sends humans on a frenzy um, just the complete lack of control over the fact that you're gonna die that you're gonna die a certain way and the fact that you cannot change that because it's a part of life and the fact that you don't know what happens after because nobody has come back to tell you so i think all of those ingredients are just like food for going in an existential crisis mm. <laughs> um but i don't know i've always been like if i'm honest i'm quite comfortable with my own death my own death I'm chill about. <laughs> Maybe it's because I've had some suicidal ideations in my oy, time. Oy. But I don't know. I've always, since I was a kid, I'm like, I'm curious. I want to see what happens. <laughs> disclaimer. <laughs> How at does this, it feel? <laughs> disclaimer at this point, if you're experiencing any suicidal thoughts, reach please out. reach out to professionals and get mm. the help you deserve. Or even you can also write to us. We'll try our best to help you We're going to be mediating. Yeah. Yeah. It's not It's not nice to have those kinds of thoughts. I, I don't recommend. Don't, I'm just... I, joke about my trauma because it's mine and I can coping do whatever mechanism. I want. <laughs> yes exactly and that's fine also <laughs> um, but uh, mm -hmm. if, if it's a, a big difference between like how I would think of my own death like I'm pretty relaxed about it and how I think of the death of my loved ones like it's I cannot I like no like I just don't mm. even want to talk about it I don't want to think about it I just want to it's also like I think Why waste your time thinking about that stuff when you can, like, enjoy the moments that you have left? Mm -hmm. Like, and sometimes I think about, like, this thought creeps up on me about my parents. Like, and yesterday was my mom's birthday. She, she turned fifty nine. My Happy dad's belated birthday. <laughs> Feliz cumpleaños, mami. Uh, today is my cousin's birthday. Oi. Happy birthday. Gonna sing a song later. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, and I think it's inevitable. Like my mom's 59, my dad's 65. Mm -hmm. So it's like we are we are reaching old age, babe. <laughs> and I sometimes think about a world that doesn't have my parents in it and like how unprepared I feel for that kind of world because they have always been there. Like you can, mm -hmm. they're always like a phone call away. And I also think about my grandpa, like, he's 96. He's, like, perfect, perfectly fine. My mom said it, like, he's probably healthier than you are, Belen. Like, Had a lot of olive oil. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's just, like, bathes in olive oil, basically. And, and, and he, but, like, I cannot even think, like, don't even bring up the subject because I don't want to talk about it. It's, like, the kind of thing, like, 
I don't want to deal with it. And when it happens, I will deal. Mm-hmm. But up until then, I don't. Yeah, but that's also like, I think life in a way, uh, life, death is part of life and life in a way prepares us as well for hurtful experiences. And, you know, then luckily we kind of live also in some sort of social setting <laughs> in the community. So there will be people that will help you through the hard times as well. And that's well, at least what I, that's at least what I, I will always be there for you. Aww, um, but you, you picked up on a very good point, I think, which is the, um, people are avoiding to talk about it because they're afraid of it because you can't know and it's uncertain and dealing with uncertainty is hard. And then also this whole, you know, fear of even the ones that survive, how emotionally hard it's going to be if somebody else dies. How hard is it then for the person themselves to think about, you know, ceasing to exist, basically. And I think it's both. It's completely understandable that we have this approach to death, but it's also problematic because after your death, your family and the remaining family that you might have or even just like other people that know you around you or the state have to dissolve in a way your entire property or decide mm. that how is this whole heritel- oh, heritage Lord. things going yeah. on and I think that it's just it's it's you know it's inevitable mm. that one day yeah. you will die so it would be very nice to to prepare this a little bit as well because in the times of grief your family will still have to do all the logistics mm. part and it is very helpful if you just help them a little bit by deciding where does your money and your property maybe go. So, I mean, I I bet a lot of people that are listening are young, but whoever is listening, even if you're young, you never know when you're going to die. So maybe think about it. Even if you're like me and you own absolutely nothing. You could be run over by a car. (laughs) But you know, if I die, like my teddy bear, you can have it. Because the teddy bear, my, my beloved gorilla that has been with me since I was a year and a half, that I sleep with currently because I have to hug something and he's he's reliable. Perfect. He's perfect. He won't ever leave me, even though I used to bite his nose. Anyway, um, you can have it, Mari. I will. You, your children can play with Gorilla <laughs> if I'm not there. All if right. I'm there, they cannot play with Gorilla because I don't trust them, even though I don't I don't know them yet. But I know this. Uh, <laughs> but um, what was I going to say? Where was I going with this? I distracted you with uh, about yeah. I said, arranging your heritage yeah. things. Like when you die, you can help your uh, family or relatives or friends to sort of be prepared. Mm. Because grief is difficult. And it's nicer if logistics have been handled at least to a certain yeah. degree. But I remember when my parents told me that they, they needed to think about their life insurance. Mm-hmm. Because... And it was, it was out of nowhere because um, my dad, for example, he doesn't have a lot of like, he doesn't have a lot of, he's just not very careful. He will just say whatever is crossing his brain, like boom, in your face. Doesn't matter if, if you're like the two days before your period and like everything makes you cry and you're very sensitive. He'll tell you how it is and he's like oh yeah we needed to like renegotiate our life insurance because like what if something happens then we have to make sure that you're all covered and like nothing's gonna happen to you and I was like what do you mean you're eternal you're never gonna go anyway Uh, but like I have a question for you Mm -hmm. and it's uh you don't have to answer but this is a question that I think people think about but they never they never really take on like what would destroy you the most 
that your mom dies first or that your dad dies first? What do you think would destroy you particularly and your nuclear family as well? Oh, I I think... You don't have to answer, but... No, but like, I, I mean, both, it's kind of... I feel rude, you know, in this mm. ethical way of saying this um, as like or having an answer that's straight because it would and that I mean that full heartedly, like it would destroy me equally mm. if either of my parents dies. But mm. I think just in the sort of community manager function of keeping everyone at bay in that family and like making sure everyone is sort of you know like mm. sort of connected in all of this uh, it's just a task my mom is performing more that doesn't mean that my dad doesn't care mm. he just th- performs other tasks yeah. and, and and that's maybe really as simple as that to break it down to like a task management mm. but it, like just compare it like take the like heartfelt emotions out of it and compare mm-hmm. it to a company if yeah. like the CEO dies um, <laughs> the CEO might have been the one like running the management and yeah, then you might. need to sort of replace the management and look like, at what happened in succession like complete oh god complete this was a really intense series I haven't finished it I cannot bring myself to finish that everyone's yeah. so mean yeah I we also abolished watching it because it kind of made me feel like you know just uh <laughs> Uh. and the inside um, uh. yeah but uh, so that that what we kind of touch upon right now is really to um, maybe you know in a gentle way but like talk with people yeah. around you about the topic of death mm. it doesn't mean that just because you talk about it that you assume that one will die like immediately now yeah. no but like I wish that I could have a more open mm. uh, approach to this with my grandpa I just recently visited my grandpa he's in 96 yet he's uh, turning 92 in January but it would have been nice to sort of talk about this but like instead you always talk about life um And, well, I guess some things are just handled one step at a time. And then when the time comes, then you're going to take care of these things. But it is a generational change. Do you know also a thing that the Spanish grandparents do? Like at every... It's like the opposite. Like they bring the topic of their imminent death as often as possible. It's like every Mm -hmm. time you say... You say, for example, in Spain... Christmas is extreme family time so like you have dinner on the 24th you have lunch on the 25th and then on the 31st you also have mm-hmm. dinner you eat your grapes and then the day after you have to have lunch with your family again so like my grandpa on the 24th when he goes so uh home because he always goes home like oh it's 10 bedtime bye bitches <laughs> I'm out. That's how he turned my drove. <laughs> 96 man, <laughs> keeping a bad yeah. time. <laughs> and he's like, uh, bye, Grandpa, see you tomorrow. And he would always be like, well, that's if God willing, God willing, I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> the fuck? You're not going to die tonight. Like, I see you today. You're fine. Nothing's going to happen to you. Like, what are the chances? But he's like, he's like planting the seed constantly. So like, we're like aware that he's going to die. Like, we know you're going to die. You're 96, my man. We just, I just hope that he doesn't die before he reaches 100 because that would be annoying. Like, that would be so a really nice now. round uh, yeah. number. Yeah. Um, I also had a grandma that was dying for, for years. For like, decades. <laughs> basically, I think one can almost say it was a decade. Um, it was still very sad when she died in the end. But uh, the, the, mm-hmm. I mean, we had all gone through through a lot um, of thinking that she 
she would die. Um, anyways, I have some some interesting opinions for you, uh, but I think I'll shake off the vibes a little bit with a song um, conceded by Lola Young. Mm-hmm. And you stay put because I'll hit you with a few interesting takes on it later. <laughs> secret um, we're talking about the topic of death today in this decaying season where all the leaves are falling from the trees in the studio you have uh, Belen and hi. me Marie hi um, and so far we've been defining death a little bit what's different definitions and we've been talking about um, this take on what happens after death and how do we think and feel about it and uh, before we sort of round it off a little bit because time is always flying here um, I had some opinions promised um, before the song and um, opinions by people that are working around the topic of death as like caregivers or doctors or just general people and uh, I'd like to start with the one by Catherine Sleeman she's um, working in a palliative medicine center in uh, I actually don't know it says uh, Cycli Saunders Institute but she's working in the palliative medicine center which is um, palliative patients are the ones that already know that they will die right mm. and you're just alleviating their sort mm. of pain so they're and symptoms. basically high as a kite because they have mm. more yeah. morphine than the body can take yeah. like can I just yeah. just one side track this is the time when I want to try heroin I want this to be known. Like when the doctor's like, there's anything, there's nothing else we can do for you. You're on the verge of death. This is when you go, you find a dealer and bring me heroin. I want to shoot heroin. I want to know here. how it feels. And then dead, you mm-hmm. know, so I don't get And you're going to listen to all addicted. the... The music that is by the people that died of like heroin overdoses. No, I already do that. No, I can, I can already listen do. to something. Else. All right. Um, anyways, going back to Catherine Sleeman, um, she said, "I'm just going to read it. We prepare about the arrival of a new baby. We plan for it. We think about what we are going to buy and what we are going to call the new baby. It is part of our daily life, our conversation. Why do we not prepare for our death in the same way? I would like everyone to have a good death." But we can't achieve that unless we as a society stop whispering and start talking about it. I thought it was really good mm. uh, opinion to sort of share here. Because as we just discussed also before, um, death is part of life. And therefore, why would we spare it out in mm. all our talks? Mm. I think it would really, instead of ignoring it and like postponing things that we want to do, keep yourself ourselves entertained and... Yeah, vote in the topic altogether. It would be, it would mean that you you take action and you take agency over your life if you had the fact that you're gonna die sooner or later more present and that and that you were equipped for it. But I think I'm thinking about whether having a belief system helps or it doesn't. Like I don't, I don't really think that being very religious and knowing that your life will be better after you're dead helps. Mm. But I have also recently read an article about a person that was brought up very agnostic, very um, atheist, and she was saying that 
this very scientific approach to death, this very like, oh, we need to prepare for it, we need to like fix these things and those things and like talk about it more. Like she was brought up in this kind of environment and now she finds herself completely paralyzed by death because she doesn't have like a coping mechanism, Mm -hmm. which being a strong believer or like a very hardcore Christian would give you. Mm. So it really is like, I, yeah, we need to prepare for it, but I don't really know if we need to cure the soul or if we need to cure our brains about it. Like Mm. what would be, or... The answer is probably you need to do both. Like you need, you need to do whatever serves you. So there's not like a one size fits all kind of recipe for preparing for death. But I don't think mm, not talking about it is going to help anyway. And uh, that connects maybe well to another opinion I wanted to share. Um, In a care setting, death isn't a taboo subject. So if you're already maybe Mm. living in an elderly care home. uh, And I think that's very healthy because death is a natural process of living. Um, For many people, regardless of their age, death can be a fear. People can fear that the act of dying and what's going to happen after death is a scary thing. Um, But at the same time, um, all that we discussed is you know the more um i think i wrote it like talking open talking openly about death can calm your fears as well it can help you to enjoy life a little bit more and it can also help you to arrange the care that you would like to receive when dying if that's getting heroin just on the final days okay. or anything else um and you know i have it it hasn't happened to me in my a circle of uh, connections but I have friends who recently had to go through um, a family relative dying of cancer um, and you know that's also a thing like if cancer patients for example they, they know at some point that maybe their version of cancer can't be healed and that also sort of gives them the time to arrange how they would like to spend the rest of the time they have left. And if they're in a family, maybe they have children, uh, you know, many women have breast cancer problems, then it also maybe gives them a chance to arrange um, leaving something behind for those kids. Or mm-hmm. I had a friend whose dad died of cancer and he decided to teach her his daughter some things before he died because he wanted to, you know, make a difference and leave something behind like mm. something and I think that's beautiful yeah. and it, but yeah. I also think that uh, we as a society should mm, advocate for death that is a type of death that is dignified mm-hmm. so that if when the moment comes to us that we can choose these things we can choose how we go and we can Yeah, just have a dignified type of death. And I'm not even talking about legalizing euthanasia or anything like that, but to make sure that everyone can die in a peaceful way, the way they want to do. I think it's a sort of, I mean, again, from a public health perspective, it would be important that everyone has a comfortable way to go. Because, like, I don't think knowing that you're gonna die and then knowing that there are no mechanisms in place that are going to make your passing a bit more bearable for your family like that is very difficult and uh yeah just 
Because again, we're seeing a lot of pictures of how people are dying in Palestine at the moment, and it is it is just very difficult to see. And there's many people. I actually read or heard a poem by a Palestinian author, and and he said that it would be nice. Like one of the lines of this poem was, "It would be nice to die with a clean shirt and not having a shirt that is stained with." Um, ash from a bombarding like he didn't say mm. so in the poem but it's like we want to die uh, holding the hand of our loved ones instead of dying because mm. <laughs> the building we're in blew up and that yeah. kind of stuff Like, but that's a very extreme uh, example maybe but this is where my head is going at the moment i mm. think in in peaceful societies as well it's important that we have mechanisms in place that give the people a dignified end to the yes, life exactly. they had i absolutely agree i want to maybe at this point also say that obviously right now in this moment in time it's all over the news with like war um in the middle east and palestine at the moment being also the site that maybe has you know bigger amounts of victims but in in general um as as the person i am and maybe the people we are in this room we're we're standing with you know civilian losses on both sides it's mm. just talking about the humanitarian angle of this it's uh, mm. it's it's all about this dignity and i think in times of war dignity sometimes is hard to achieve and that it's very it's very horrible to watch for anyone and it's very horrible to experience also for everyone who's going through this mm. this is the last minutes of the show about nothing mm. where we talked about death in the studio um yeah generally um it's kind of already the time to just say thank you for uh, tuning in And remember that you can always get in touch with us. Um, we take comments, suggestions, praise. Um, and we're mostly hanging out on Instagram. As I always say, mostly praise. Just share, praise. share um, your praise. But we have an open ear for critics as well. Uh, though I hope there's none. Uh, <laughs> you also grow through critics. So yeah, um, find us at Instagram. I don't want to um, grow anymore. Just tell me I'm pretty. Under the handle of uh, showaboutnothing underscore K103. Um, yeah, and we usually have a tip of the day, right? Um, mm -hmm. Today, when I was we thinking, remember, huh? When, when we, remember, we remember, yeah, that's true. <laughs> we often forget. I uh, forgot last week. Apologies. <laughs> no, that's okay. Uh, we're gonna give you several tips in every show, but the last tip of today is that platonic love and friendships are as important as romantic relationships. So here is our reminder to take care of each other always mm. in the good and in the bad times. Mm. It goes a long way. Um, so check on your friends, especially now in the darker days, in the you know period of seasonal depression. Mm. And we're all sending you a tight hug. Yeah. Thank you for gifting us um, your time, your attention, your ear. Uh, it's lovely to have you around and don't forget the time change if you have analog watches like me <laughs> <laughs> bye have a nice evening everybody um, and We're we will be sending you off with the last tune of course how could we which not which is also another tip go to therapy oh, therapy yeah. I love by that. Elephant enjoy <laughs> you've just heard a podcast version of a radio show by K103 Gothenburg Student Radio you'll find all our shows at k103.se Follow us on Facebook or Instagram. Stay tuned.